Hey guys, this is the Christian Firefighter Show. This is episode numero three. I'm Brandon, uh, as the usual. Uh, I have the typical really stupid white box holding the microphone up because, you know, it's either do that or uh, hunch my back over at like 90 degrees and break it. But, you know, it might be worth it. It might not be. But I got this box here. I'm going to put it to good use. Um, today, and probably in the future, we got a little special treat. Um... I'm going to take that back. They're not really that special, but they're kind of cool to me. So I got my two buddies here. <laughs> All right. I got my buddy here and buddy number one, his name is Colton. And buddy number two's name is Nate. Uh, that's not his real name. I mean, we call him Nate though. Um, as far as I know, his, maybe, maybe he bamboozled me. Did you bamboozle me? Is your name well, actually Nate? And then I thought it was Nathan. Well, no, it's Nathan. Okay. All right. Crap. But you can call me Nate. That's way less funny. Okay, so Nate and Colton. So I'm going to start with Colton. He's going to sort of tell you that his name is Colton, just so uh, you know that I'm not lying to you. And then he's going to tell you a little bit about himself. So take it away, Mr. Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? My name's Colton, as he said. I uh, also go by Camden a lot of times. Uh, so they may call me either. You never know. Yeah, but, you never know. Yeah, so uh, I've been in the fire service for approximately two years now, going on two. Um, loving every day of it. And... Uh, Going through medic school right now, trying to finish that up. So, got a busy life right now. Yeah, no kidding. Too busy to even come and work for us. Okay, <laughs> yeah. buddy and buddy, buddy and cooler buddy, because he works for us. Buddy number two, <laughs> Nate, take it away. Hello, name's Nathan. Go by Nate. Not cool, I know, but uh, I got into the fire service. I've been in it about six months. I hasn't even been a year since I started the academy. Ugh. But I am cooler because I do work. For our department and our buddy less cooler yeah colton see, see, not work I, and i'm not department. quite sure about that really because i mean I, I don't know i'm pretty cool i don't know i don't know you'd be <laughs> a lot cooler if you worked here hey it's like mcconaughey it's like do you work here no be a whole lot cooler if you did okay man, seriously okay so so do you wave at every single fire truck that ever passes you on the road. Absolutely. Because oh, you yes. have to. You have That's to. That's an obligation. It ma- it's you almost feel like the guys in the cab, they can sense that you're a fireman. Yeah. And they think that you're a scumbag yeah. if you don't wave oh, at them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. You're driving by in your own vehicle. You're like, they know I'm a fireman. You well, can especially, just sense it. Especially now to. that I have a red truck. I mean, it's just you it's one of those You even have a red yeah. truck. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. And, or you got that little fellow sticker on the back. Yeah, yeah, you have the sticker. You have to wave at them. I know. Otherwise, they think you're a scumbag. Like, oh, that stuck up a guy. And especially. You especially have to try and get them to honk at you. Yeah, it's, that's like a, it's that's required. like icing on the cake, dude. It's, it's awesome. Icing on the cake. Although I will say, I also wave at every cop I see and every ambulance. Course, no, the no, co- cops. no, the cop thing is just because I grew up in a cop family. I, I got used to waving at cops. But he, so that's, that's he got out of it. Don't worry. He, he he used <laughs> to be addicted to the whole cop thing, but he we got him out of it. Went to rehab. We rescued him. I had to go on donut therapy i couldn't have it anymore i was on restriction he was thinking about being a cop but decided to be a hero instead yeah, I, I chose the right path even cops need heroes let's say that <laughs> That's why fire exists, right? okay all right fellas so what i want to talk about today right is we talk about waving at every fire truck right and the relation we have with that is like is your life consumed totally by the fire service and this is kind of a weird subject because the fire service as is right now, um, I don't know if you guys detect sort of the same thing going on, but the fire service right now is full of guys saying that if you're a fireman and you want to be a good, aggressive hand, then you need your life needs to be fire. 
Like you need to spend your off days in the books. You need to watch YouTube videos. You need to be training every waking moment of your life. And so before we go any further, do you like, do you sense that same thing? Because like me as a rookie and then quickly having another rookie under me and then having another rookie under him, like my captain told me, he's like, you understand your life needs to be fire. Like you need to be able to answer questions. You need to be able to tell them what to do. You need to be able to supervise on a minimal level. And, you know, obviously it is part of the job that we're very good at what we do, especially because, you know, it quite literally is life and death a lot of the times. But how much of it is true that your life should be fire? And this is totally a loaded question, but I'm asking you anyway. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, so I, I definitely think it's uh, it's very prevalent in the fire service, and it's encouraged, and it's very hard not to obsess over it. Uh, one, from external push, just because you're told from day one that that's what you should do and that's what you're supposed to do. And with it being a life or death business, like your life may be in, in, in the hands of that, the crew's life and the lives of the citizens and the public out yeah, there. Which is ultimately why we're here. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and so at the end of the day, it is important for life safety stuff. So you get that external push to obsess about it. And then two, the fire service is just awesome, man. It's cool. Yeah. Like how can you not obsess over yeah. it a little bit? The problem is I think that... Uh, I think that it's really easy, dangerously easy to obsess too much over it. And it goes then, too far. Absolutely. And then oh, yeah. it gets in the way of other things that are more important, such as your faith in, yeah. in some instances. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd say, especially as a rookie right now, getting told to, you know, sleep, eat, and breathe fire, which would be awesome. Yeah. But if <laughs> I, I wish could we could breathe fire. That, then we wouldn't That'd have to so wear awesome. SCBAs. You know how much fire you could start and then we could go put out? <laughs> Do you know how hey, efficient you could, you could be without SCBAs? <laughs> If you just ate, you, you just literally ate smoke. Fire. But no, <laughs> on, seriously though, seriously, I, I get told a lot, especially since I'm studying for my rookie test here pretty soon. I mean, it's it's very very prevalent in my life right now, actually, just to just to be studying fire. It's hard. Which and it's important though. I mean, my life depends on it. Yeah, but here's the ultimate question we're getting to here: Are you so deeply concerned with your fire career that it has gotten in the way? of your relationship with the Lord, right? And that's it, another loaded question because obviously it's true from time to time, Yeah. right? There are times that you skimp on your, you know, your time you spend in the Word every day. Like let's say you spend time in the Word every morning. Well, if you get called back for a structure fire, suddenly you can't spend that time in the Word that morning because you're busy. Well, you say to yourself, well, I'll just do that this afternoon when we get back. Well, then you don't. And you're like, oh, I'm kind of tired. You know, tomorrow morning I'll just go five extra minutes you know what i'm saying that's kind of the thing that i'm talking about you got to be yeah. really careful and that's kind of the the topic that i wanted to bring up and is that do you think that do you think that living a life totally consumed by fire is a form of idolatry mm. uh, i think it sure can be it, it definitely has the potential to be um do you think do you think do you think it's possible to uh idolize a good thing Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think okay. I think yeah. it's definitely possible. By, I, by I think we do it every day. Like by by definition in scripture, it, it's absolutely possible, right? Um, let me see what we got here. Uh, I'm in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse sixteen. Uh, yeah, verse sixteen. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? Right. Um, I mean, it's about as black and white as it gets. Right. It doesn't say, you know, what agreement is there between the temple of God and idols. Unless your idol is really cool, or unless it's a good thing, right? Anything, 
anything that takes precedent in your life over God is an idol. Absolutely. Can that be your family? It could. Yeah, be. Could it be? Could it be your wife? It could even be you if you're selfish. Yeah. Enough. I mean, could well, it be being a good fireman? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, most most people's um, say most people. A lot of people's idols is their career. Yeah. And you see that as them making money, money being the idol, or their job, like people working mm-hmm. on Wall Street. But that a career is a career. It could be our career yeah. that we turn into an idol. So yeah. it's it's you have to be very careful with it. Let me ask you a harder question. Okay. Um, let's say. I'm in hypothetical here because I am uh, a man of little obligation in terms of like family and wife and stuff like that because I basically just have parents and a brother at this point. <laughs> we're, st- we're still working on the rest of it. But let's say, let's say I am hugely idolizing my career, but for the purpose of putting food on the table for my family. Is it still idolatry? Well, it depends on how you view it. Do you see it as, do you see it as a necessity and do you put it as precedent over God? That's what we have decided defines an idol. Right, I agree with you. I agree. Over God. So, do you think that something that seems so, it seems righteous, right? Right. It would seem if I'm working an eighty-hour week to put food on the table for my family, what are the chances that that's probably taking precedent over God in my life? Probably pretty good. If I'm working eighty hours, how much time do I have to work on my relationship with the Lord? Probably not very much time, right? I mean, sure, there's always that one guy that's like, I'm working 80 hours and I stay up every night for four hours and I pray and read my Bible. That doesn't happen. No. Nobody does that. I, right? I know no one right? like that. And so, like, the kind of the point that I'm getting at here is that even even if you say, I'm trying to be a great fireman, and so the times that it gets put <laughs> above God in my life, well, that's so I can be a better fireman. And so that's, mm. that's so we can better serve the citizens of our city. Right? Well, that's absolutely a noble cause. Like, yeah. who's going to point at you and say, you're an idiot. That's a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. say that. But it's still idolatry. It is. Right? Sure. Yeah. And so how, how, how do we go about making sure that we're not putting fire, as, we're, we're not letting fire take precedent in our lives over the Lord, right? Because you, you have to have, uh, everyone says, Faith, family, fire, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone says that. That's like the motto of the fire service. But, Everyone knows it. But like nobody Who actually is living applies it? that. Who's yeah. living that? I don't know. Right? I don't, I don't know. Almost anybody. Yeah. I, there might be one guy every now and then that you look at and you're like, that guy is on fire for God. Like constantly, right? And and all of us want to be that guy. But how hard is it really to do that? That's hard. It's <laughs> right? pretty That's difficult. It's a hard task. I Especially, like watching structure fire videos. Sure. I don't yeah. always feel like watching a video asking me hard questions about my faith. Yeah. Right? Especially, so idolatry is idolatry. So I would absolutely agree with what y'all were saying earlier that if it comes in the way of your faith, your walk with God, if you're not pursuing him actively and you've got these other things in the way, then that's idolatry. But the tricky part comes into play whenever... You're able to justify yourself, which you can you can really try hard at. Mm-hmm. You can justify yourself, though, with the providing for your family thing. You can say, well, I'm being a good Christian man because my duty that's stated you know, in the Bible, my duty as a man is to be the leader of my household, which is to provide for my family, to sure. protect my family. And that's a great justification. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if it's getting in the way with your walk with the Lord, just how godly of a man are you being at that moment? Right. And, it, and, and it can be argued the same for the fire service. You're, you're out there helping people, which is awesome. That's that's what God you know wants you to do. He wants you to help those that in need. But uh, it's it's hard to uh, 
make the two mesh together sure. the right way that you want it to or yeah, the way that, that it should so yeah and i i think that um i think that it's easy for us to try to justify an idol by a seemingly noble cause sure right because exactly. let's let's put it this way if you are literally letting your life be consumed by working a career to try to feed your family the bible also tells us to trust the lord to provide for you no matter what right i don't think it's about the amount of hours you're spending working that god looks at mm-hmm. i don't think you i don't think god says oh man colton's only working 60 hours this week his faith <laughs> must really be struggling like i think god says colton's really working and i'm going to provide for him cuz he's putting in the effort right mm-hmm. cuz it God clearly calls us to trust him to provide for us because he is the ultimate provider and ultimately the only provider because the only true good is God, right? Right. Absolutely. And so if you're working your butt off constantly to try to feed your family, but you never see your family because you leave at 6 a.m. and you come back at 9, right? 9 p. Mm-hmm. You never see your family. You're not spending time in the Word. You're not growing your relationship with God. Yeah, sure, you're putting food on the table, but what are you starving them from, right? Exactly. It's your presence. And can you lead your family and their relationships with Christ if you're not around? No. No. Not adequately, you can't. for sure. You no. can't. No. And so I guess what I'm getting at here is where is the line? And I know we're kind of using this <clears throat> hypothetical job that you're working 80 hours, but there are sometimes in the fire service, you get called back in the middle of your in the middle of your tour, you get called back for an extra shift. That's easily an 80-hour work week, easily, you know? There are times that uh, we got a guy who works on Nate's crew. He takes huge amounts of callback because, and and he, he his family's been going through some difficulties, and so he's working that callback, like we said, to try to put food on his table. But he is very good, I think, at saying, okay, and because he's been offered an extra shift, and he's like, you know, I can't, you know, I have to go spend time with my family, and I've been really, I've grown a lot of respect for him from that because it's easy for you to say. Oh, if I work another day, that's another 500 bucks on my check. And that's really stinking hard to do because it's like my check is already small enough. And sneaking three extra paid, three extra $500 shifts on my check, that looks really nice. Yeah. Right? So where, where do you draw the line? Where's the line drawn? How, how much should you live for fire? And how what when does that start to peak over into, wow, this is really a detriment to my faith? That's a hard question. It is a hard question, right? It's hard to find a definitive line. You have to address that. It's hard to find a definitive line. It's kind of like a gray area. It is. How much work is too much work? Well, I think think you start small, right? Right. You say, do I have time in my day, including days that I'm on duty, do I have time to get into my Bible and to grow my relationship with Christ? On a normal, yes. On a normal shift, yes, you do. Unless you come into work and you pop a downtown... Working you, four alarm fire. You'll get those. You're going to be all day. That happens every now and then, not very often. But you'll get those days where you you're not going to sleep. Sure. Period. You're just yeah. working. But that is that's right. not a choice. That circumstance. Right. I would say right. if you have the time, you have the choice to make the free time to use that for sure. God. Sure. And I, I really do believe this. I think God understands if we get those crazy busy days. Yeah, I think so too. Where it's where. I mean, God's an understanding God. He's a loving Father. Cool. He's like, hey, you were physically busy literally all day. It's okay. Sure. sure. It's okay. I love you. Just work. Yeah. 
It's he wants us he wants us to put in the effort and try. Mm-hmm. We're not right. going to be perfect. We're human, but we have to try. Well, and I, I think that's what he wants. And I think one thing that's that's hard to to balance, and and so it, it kind of comes down, I feel like, to intent and mindset. And so it's hard to balance it if you're constantly just kind of putting it off and shucking it, which it's very easy to do. Whenever it, it's easy, especially for me, I feel like to put off the things that I need to do and am supposed to do for things that I would rather be doing or things that I would justify in my head as being more important at the moment or whatever. And even though I'm, I know that's not exactly what it's supposed to be, then it's easy to, um, you know, put it off and procrastinate on it. And so I think it's behind intent as well. Like if you're actively seeking and, and, and trying to do your best to stay in the word and walk with God, I think that's, that's really all he cares about. He cares about you walking hand in hand with him, the journey versus, oh, you missed a Bible reading. Oh, you missed, you know, whatever this is. I don't think he necessarily holds you accountable for missing one thing, but it's also if you make it a consistent problem or whatever. Right. But I mean, there's obviously, obviously there's a balancing act to take place mm-hmm. here because in an ideal world, all day, every day, we would spend worshiping God and learning more, right? Sure. But like, we can't do that, right? Because of the original sin, man was made to work to provide for himself until the end of time, right? Right. Or until, until, you know, until Jesus comes back or whatever you would consider the end of current, present times, right? That's a, <laughs> a, a question, a topic about what you believe about the end of times is a whole oh, other can of worms. We'll whole, open that up later. That's several hours. You know that's saying, a but, whole other thing. But obviously there's some sort of balancing act to be had, right? Because if I was meant to literally spend all my time, all day, every day, in fellowship with the Lord, that would be absolutely ideal, but I can't, right? Because I have to get up and I have to go work and I have to provide for myself, and in the future I have to provide for my family. So there is, maybe not a hard line to be drawn, but there's a line somewhere, right? Right. Um, and, I, and I think that, like Colton said, and what Nate touched on, is that if you, God knows the nature of your heart, right? God doesn't look at what you're doing um, and say, well, Colton, you know, he's missed his five-minute Bible time today and yesterday. I mean, he's... Whew, looking kind of rough no i mean he knows the nature of your heart now if you've missed your bible time for the last two months because you just didn't feel like it then maybe he says that then maybe he's like okay that's a little bit of a different story but maybe if you're really battling with something and you're having to work non-stop overtime for two months because a tornado blew your house away and you're literally trying to put your family in a hotel to provide shelter for them that's obviously different right Mm -hmm. um but in in the career of a fireman, right? And really only other firemen know this. Um, your life is so easily consumed by what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's so easily justified by its so seemingly noble cause. Mm-hmm. But I guess what my question is, is when you're, when you're telling yourself, oh, I'm at work today. Um, I should really, instead of, instead of spending five minutes in my Bible, or 10 minutes in my Bible, or five minutes of prayer, or whatever you do, um, I should really watch this training video. And the thing is, is it seems so easily justifiable because you're like, well, I'm at work for one, um, as if you can't have fellowship with the Lord while you're at work. That's mm-hmm. absurd. It's, you obviously can, and exactly. you should. Um, but not only that, but it's, it's I'm, I'm saying to myself, 
well, I have to be a better fireman. So if I want to be a better fireman, I got to watch some structure fire videos or I got to watch some guy slamming the Q-Sire and driving 40 mile an hour down some schmuck residential road. It sounds awesome. Yeah, but yeah, like that's does. me that's me using that to justify my laziness in getting into the word. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's something so many guys I think find so hard to catch mm-hmm. because you're like, well, I didn't read my Bible today, but you know, I got a whole chapter done in the equipment operator handbook, you yeah. know. And it's yeah. like Man, it was a great day. You know, I made myself a better driver today. But, you know, does when you die and stand before God, you think God's going to go, ah, he was a pretty good driver. I guess he can come in, you know. You yeah. know, does anyone care that you're a good driver after you retire? <laughs> no. no. Nobody cares. That's yeah. what I'm saying. We're, it's, a, it's a fine line that we walk. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's, I think it's especially um, relevant to rookies. Right? Because you come in and literally every guy, your senior guy, your captain, they're like, your nose needs to be in the book constantly, nonstop. And I think it's our responsibility as men of faith to combat that to some degree. And say, no, I won't sacrifice my time in the Word in the morning to read in my textbook. I won't. Because at the end of the day, what's more important? Right? Right. And it's the five or ten minutes I spend in the Word really a detriment to the um, amount of time or the amount of pages I make it through in the textbook. No. No. It, it doesn't make that no, much of a doesn't. difference. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. If you read 20 minutes of the Bible, you still have hours to study. Exactly. I mean, it's not going to make a difference. Well, I, I think the Lord will, will tend to bless your efforts a little more, too. Not that he, you know, wouldn't anyway, but I think whenever you put him first before other things, he tends to really bless you or you feel different about it and of course we don't do it for the feeling like the oh feel, i feel good because i did this but yeah but i think it puts you in a completely different frame of mind whenever you do focus on god first and it, you it, feel it more changes fulfilled. yes you feel very yeah, fulfilled absolutely even, even there there have been times and i've um even forced myself you know and, and my pastor this past sunday made a really good point he said if you ever feel like opening your bible and getting in the word is a chore don't feel like that's a bad thing. He said, guess what? The purpose of, of chores is to get things done. And chores make you get things done. And so if you're ever opening your Bible and it seems like a chore, you should still do it because you're still getting things done. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You're not always going to crack your Bible open and just be immediately humbled and fulfilled in the presence of God. Right. There yeah. are times that that does happen and it's incredible. But kind of like what you're saying, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to do it. Right, right, even if you don't want to. But there are times that I've only had five minutes when I'm on shift because my captain says, "Hey, we got we got to go do so and so here in five minutes. Be ready." And I'm like, "I'll spend this five minutes and read my little daily devotion, and I'll spend a minute in prayer." There have been times that that amount of time has been extremely fulfilling. It's like the Lord saying, "The fact that you carried through this chore, even though it felt like a chore today, it's almost like God saying, "Look, I'm here." You know, and even five minutes in my word is in five minutes in fellowship with God is so vastly more incredible than the whole rest of the day you have on shift. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've noticed. And I, it's quite the experience. Um, you know, I don't know if, if, if you guys have had similar experiences, but that's just something that I've I've noticed in my own time. It's like I, I'll open my Bible for five minutes thinking, you know, five minutes is more than nothing. And you think I'll just... You know, I'll read, 
a couple of psalms, right? Because mm-hmm. psalms are super easy to just crack open and oh, yeah. read. And their psalms are really cool to pray over too because you can almost pray them word for word. And, and that's a way to worship God and spend time in prayer and read the Bible at the same time. It's the trifecta, right? <laughs> but there are times that I'll do that, and I'm like, I'll put it down, and I'm like, it felt like an hour. I'm like, I, I just, you, you, you can feel the presence of God when you do that. And, and I know we've kind of gone a little bit off topic here, but that's, that's something that I've really noticed lately um, in my prayer life is how important it is, like Colton was saying, just to make the effort. Right. Mm-hmm. God does know the nature of your heart. He does know that you're putting in the effort, but it is different than you having a full day of free of doing nothing and going, eh, two minutes will be fine. You know, it's obviously not directly tied to time, right. but it is directly tied to effort. It is. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it were not tied to effort, then you start looking at, uh, oh, what's that kind of, what's that new, oh, what am I, something gospel. The gospel that really, really likes good works. Yeah, like of, work-based faith. Yeah, work-based faith. There's, oh. a, there's a name for it. I can't remember what it is. Uh, but yeah, th- when you, you start poking in, you start poking into the work-based faith category, mm-hmm. I think when you say, when you point at your brother fireman and you're like, ah, you didn't spend 10 minutes in the Word today. Probably going to hell. Like, <laughs> that. that's mm-hmm. obviously untrue. Exactly. Right? And so, moving on to the next thing. How... How can you keep yourself in check? How can you check yourself every now and then and say, is my life properly oriented? Right? Because for me, by far, the two things that I battle the most with priority in my life is fire and God. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, if, like I said, only firemen understand. But if you're a fireman, you know that your life is fire. Yeah. Like yeah. every you wave at every fire truck like we talked about earlier. You watch every fire truck video that comes up on your watch feed on YouTube, you're like, Oh yeah, get it going. Like it's some random schmuck fire company that no one's ever heard of. I'm like, Yep, put it on there, I'll watch it. Well, e- even in even in just our conversations, like we have some downtime or whatever, we'll start talking about the fire service. Like that's the natural topic that always comes up, no matter who's around. We'll start talking about some fire stuff, whether it's war stories, some new things that we saw. Um, complaining. E- just <laughs> complaining. Yes, complaining. absolutely. Um, Lots of that. Or even just completely gooning around, which happens all the time. To, to the point where it makes other, like, non-firefighters, it, it makes them sick. Like, they're, oh, they're talking about fire stuff again. They actively it's, avoid it's, you. They're oh, like, absolutely. oh, they're, they're talking like, about fire yeah, again. Let's we're go going over else. here. We're going somewhere else. <laughs> and, and just let them do their thing. It's kind of comedic in a way, but... Um, and as enjoyable as that is, a stark contrast is how often do we do that talking about the gospel? Mm-hmm. I mean, we really should, but how often do we really? Yeah. It's not nearly as frequent in my, in my mind no. No, it's... At, at all, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame whenever you think about that. But yeah. um, I think there's room for change and growth in that aspect. And by no means am I saying we can't talk about fire as much because I definitely want to. Like, it's great. It's awesome. But... Uh, I think it's something to think about too that we need to be more open about talking about our faith and and God and our struggles and things we need to work about work on. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd say well, the thing the thing I found about I find about most most f- Christian firemen and and I find this true of myself sometimes is it's like yeah I'm I'm a Christian and I go to church and mm-hmm. that's enough. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I do my, you know, I go on my Sunday, and you know, I'm super spiritual. I go on Wednesdays too. 
Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 be careful there, getting real spiritual. <laughs> but, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing good. I went to church and, you know, I did good. But I mean, you know, when was the last time I thought about, you know, when I'm not at church, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to think about because like I said, my whole life right now is eat, breathe, yeah. sleep, fire, mm-hmm. which it, to a certain extent it should be, but it, it shouldn't take precedence over God. Yeah. And I found that true of myself and a lot of other firemen, where, where it's not so much that they don't believe; it's just that they, it's just that it's it's taken over. You like you said, mm-hmm. it's consumed yeah. their life, and it's 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 hard to find that definitive line where it took over. Right. But but it's it's more of a gray area. But but like you said, it's also about the effort put in too. Yeah, but you know. The, the true life of someone who's on fire for God, right? Um, Christianity kind of boils down to following Jesus, right? Um, if you, if I think that's the absolute baseline of Christianity because obviously you have to um, acknowledge that you're fallen and have sin. You, you need to repent from those sins. You need to ask the Lord um, to come and dwell in you forever. But all of that comes from following Jesus, right? right? And when you say... What is following Jesus? That's a lifestyle, right? Right. When you say, um, what is a really hardcore fireman who all he ever does is watch training videos and goes to extra training and he's just on fire for fire, right? Right. That's a lifestyle. Can you live two lifestyles that are completely separate at the same time? I don't think you can. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I don't think you, you can have... I don't think you can say, I have a lifestyle of pursuing the Lord. But then, I have a lifestyle of fire. I don't think those, I don't think they mesh. I think one of them absolutely has to take priority and be your definitive way of living life. That's what a lifestyle is. A lifestyle is a way that you navigate life. Mm, It's kind of like your lens of how you see everything. Right? I don't think you can have two separate lenses. This is not a bifocals kind of thing. Okay? (laughs) This is not a bifocals kind of thing. Yeah, I would I would agree. I would say that you should what should be done what what is not very often done is that you should have the lifestyle of following Christ in your fire career. Right. Is what is what needs to be done sure. and what should be done, which I struggle with and what many many other firefighters mm-hmm. also struggle with is is you need to it, it is the lifestyle of following Christ through your fire career. Sure. So you're still following the you're following the commandments, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself, you know, it's it's following the charity, taking care of people. It's and all those things are Christian good things to do, things that God wants us to do. Right. But he doesn't want us to get overzealous in it and sure. have it take over and it's and and you can't have it take over. Sure. And following Christ in that, you need to do those things, you need to do those good things, and you also need to study hard and you need to work hard, but you you need, like you said, there's a balance. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find that balance, but <clears throat> it should be a Christ-led fire career. Is 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 the lifestyle we should seek to achieve? Sure. And it's yeah, it's very very easy to fall into that trap of, oh well, I'm doing good. I'm out there doing good for the community. I'm a good Christian. I'm doing good. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And that goes back to the work work based faith, which is a very easy trap to fall into. That's detrimental potentially. But I think while you can be on fire for fire, 
<laughs> I think uh, I think it kind of comes down to proportion. So I think no matter how in depth, crazy you go about fire, you should be a notch or two above that for for the Lord. So say you're just eh, kind of sort of tiptoeing in the water on fire. Well, then you should be full feet in on on, on Christ, right, right. and and you know proportionally like. And th- that's a horrible analogy, I guess, but because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I, anyway, it's like wait, but, that analogy is yeah. dumb. Yeah, it's stupid. But, <laughs> not but, but anyway, Frank like so, so say like say you're full in on fire. Well, you should be a notch or two above that for the Lord. Like I, I think it comes down to you need to be a Christian that also fights fire and not a okay. firefighter that's yeah. also a Christian. I like if that, that makes sense. It, this it reminds me. This kind of reminds me of, and I can't remember the guy's first name for the life of me. I want to say it's Frederick, but don't quote me on that. But his name is Muller. I believe it's Frederick Muller. But he ran an orphanage in Germany back in the, I don't know, 1800s, I think. And he, he, he led, he was doing kind of what we do, charity. He was bringing kids in. He was feeding them. But his whole thing was that he'd never asked a single person personally for a dime. Mm-hmm. It was a charity orphanage, and all he did was pray it in. He prayed in the food. He prayed in the money. People would just walk up to him on the street, or they would walk up to the front door and say, Hey, I just felt like you guys needed some money. Or, Hey, I felt like, you know, I'm the. There was a story of one day there was no food on the table. He didn't have anything ready for the kids. But he said, All right, everybody, buy your heads, pray, and ask God to bless the food. They're like, but there's no food. He's like, Ask God to bless the food. And minutes later, the milk truck had broken down outside. He said, hey, this stuff's going to spoil. He's like, it's not going to get fixed in time, so you guys just have it. And then the bakery down the street said, you know, I felt like today, you guys, you know, here's my leftover bread from the day before. Mm -hmm. It was going to go bad, but you guys can have it. It's free. And it's just, it's, it was his entire outreach and charity was faith-based mm-hmm. and was, was prayer-based. And I'm, and I, and it may not seem like there's much of a connection, but there really is. I mean, we, we also work in a charity. Nobody pays us money. You know, they pay taxes and stuff, but nobody hands us a 20 at the end of a fire and yeah. be like, thanks for what you did. You know, <laughs> yeah, nobody, we don't, we don't charge no, fees for our no, services. Like, no, we're not, Oh, we're Hey, not, we just uh, saved your life. We shocked you with the defibrillator. Oh, yeah, uh, we're not, that'll be two grand. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're not a privatized organization. Right. So, I mean, so essentially it's kind of a charity. I mean, they pay for our services, but we, we help. They pay a minimal and, amount. Exactly. Know. And, and, and so we go in and we help and it needs to be, it needs to be faith-based. You know, we need, it needs to, it needs to be a faith-based charity where we're not, where yes, we're studying hard, but we're not letting it consume us. It needs to be, we need to right. pray in all things and, right. and thank God for what we have. And thank God for the job that we do have because it's an awesome job. I believe the job that we have is a blessing. Oh, yeah. And I think he wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to have fun with it. He wants us to have a good time to learn, to get better. But he wants us to do it through him. Mm-hmm. Is, is That's my, that's yeah, my I, I think I think it's a real opportunity that we have because... If you really think about it, right? The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. Talking about Christians, right? Um, how do you know what another Christian looks like? Well, it, it, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. You can tell anytime you come across someone at your church, on a mission trip, wherever, who is on fire for God. You know. It's not like, well, I wonder if that guy knows God. Like, you're never asking yourself that question. You're like, that dude, he loves the Lord, right? right. You will know them by their fruits. 
what kind of awesome opportunity do we have to be in the jobs that we're in where part of your job is to do things that are already meritous in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. Like, right? We're serving each other. We're being kind to the citizens. We're going out and we're sacrificing our time for very, very little and a lot of times for no pay. You're out there doing things that are already good and already righteous in the eyes of the Lord as part of your job, right? Mm. All you have to do is make sure that you're in the right mindset for doing it. And it, it, it's almost effortless. You're already there doing it. You're already being selfless. You're already helping your neighbor. You're already having a heart of service. Like, like I said, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. I think we are really blessed to be in a career that's like that. Where when I worked at like, I worked for Lowe's for a while. Whenever I worked at Lowe's, it, it was hard for me. Obviously, I was helping customers and stuff like that. But it was hard for me to find ways in my day-to-day work at Lowe's were to serve people, right? Because I had a job to do. I had stuff to get done. I had carts to push and pallets to move and forklift driving to do and, you know, lumber to load up. And sure, that's service to people, but they're paying for it. It's That's more of a, a trade, right? That's mm. more of just work. But yeah. in, in our careers, how much do we get to do extra, you know? How much do we get to console people when they need consoling? How much do we need to... You know, high five the little kids because they love seeing fire trucks. It's little things like that that it's just it's integrated into your job to serve the Lord as long as you have the right, you know, mindset about it. You know, as, as long as you're going at it in the right capacity, part of your job is service to the Lord, like indirectly from your service to the community. Right. And if, if the community looks at you and they see this awesome service that we're doing and they also see a bunch of firemen who are on fire for the Lord. Like, you're moving mountains doing that. Yeah. You know, God is moving mountains and using you to facilitate. That's like, what bigger honor? What bigger yeah. honor can you have as a Christian for yeah. someone to come up to you and say, hey, we never knew you guys, but you guys, came, you guys came and put out a car fire in front of our house, and we saw the way you acted, and we saw how kind you were, and how you were consoling the neighbors, and how you gave that little teddy bear to that little kid. And, and it, it made us... We wanted to go to church on Sunday because we saw that. Like, what if <laughs> yeah, someone yeah. said that to you? That's awesome. I feel awesome. Well, yeah, and, and I, I am a firm believer that the fire service is a mission. Like that, that's our, that's our mission opportunity. That's, that's a service that we can provide. Because um, there aren't very many other, only a handful of other professions where you see people at their worst, the potentially worst day of their life. Now, obviously, there's going to be you know, we all know there's calls at 3 a.m. of acute toe pain. Yeah. They, they probably didn't need to call 911. <laughs> but yeah. but the majority, like a good portion of the time, people call 911 not out of like, oh, I think it'll be fun to get people awake. But uh, but but I, I think <laughs> it's it's usually because this they've never experienced anything like this before, whatever their emergency is, and they need help. And they're, you're the next person to turn to. And whatever it is, they're relying on you to help them with the worst emergency they've ever had to face. And there aren't very many other opportunities where you get to see people like that and you get to kind of positively affect people and and, and their families. Um, and I think one thing that we carry a weight on our shoulders of in the fire service, which we've been told by, you know, chiefs and captains and senior firefighters, whatever, that you need to be a good representation for your department and for the fire service. But I think... Another aspect of that is you need to be a good representation for Christ. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. 
overarching goal is to not be on your best behavior, not go the extra mile for your department or for the fire service in general. It should be for God more than anything. And then the other things just fall into place. Like right, it, yeah. it, I think that should be the number one goal, which is sometimes easy to lose sight of because you, you get kind of more focused on the task at hand versus um, maybe where your mindset should be. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, you know, all said and done, I think the general consensus is is to uh, be a man of God and let everything else, um, you know, happen second to that. You know, of course you want to be a good fireman. You want to be great at your job. You want to provide a quality service to the mm-hmm. people that you serve. But you need to be sure that you're providing a quality service to the man upstairs, right? Yeah. Because ultimately, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Nothing yeah. you do here on earth, uh, I think Paul says, I don't remember where, I think it's in First Corinthians, he says, compared to knowing uh, Christ, everything else is loss. I count everything else as loss, mm-hmm. right? So nothing that you do here is worth anything apart from in the name of, of serving the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to just keep that in the front of our minds. So um, uh, appreciate it. Colton. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. Uh, we will have these rascals on, I'm sure, many, many times in the coming future. Um, make sure that your life is consumed in the Lord and not consumed by fire. Um, it's a slippery slope. Um, it's one many of us go down. I go down the slope once every stinking week, it seems. And <laughs> yeah. then at the end of the week, I go to Sunday school and I'm like, dang, I really got to come back. And I'll come back and I'll be strong. And then it goes, you know, you, I guess the, the overall goal is to stay on top of the slope for as long yeah. as possible oh, before yeah. you start yeah. slipping again. Um, eventually, I'll get me a foothold up the, yeah. on the top of well, it, It's I a guess. daily challenge. That, that cue siren's addicting. I don't know. <laughs> the cue <laughs> siren is sneaking <laughs> addicting me. As soon as I get one of those on my pickup, it's game over for the whole season. All right. All right, fellas. Well, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, go ahead and cut it off. Hey, we'll see you all in the next one. Um, it, like I said before... Um, you can find me at christianfirefightershow at gmail.com. Uh, you can comment on this or whatever you need to do. Uh, or if you just recognize my lovely voice and you see me at Walmart, you can holler at me and we will talk about then. Um, unless you're way bigger than me and scary, in which case, uh, maybe approach from the front. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll see you.